Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Good afternoon and happy Friday. Hopefully everybody has recovered from a glorious time on Cinco de Mayo. Nathan's girl with you here for a very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily emanating from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea because we got some big time interviews for you, a lot of exclusives, and quite frankly, maybe the most fun segment we've ever had on Cleveland Browns Daily featuring the Hoff. The lineup is is as follows for you. We're going to kick things off next with the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, who said, down with me on the Browns Draft Review Show to break down the 2022 draft class of your Cleveland Browns. And then we're going to follow it up with a never-before-heard exclusive one-on-one with Browns two-time All-Pro, second-team All-Pro right guard and Pro Bowl right guard Wyatt Teller. And then at 145 from our Day 3 Draft Show, Gerard and I sit down with new Browns kicker Cade York. And then in hour number two, a couple more exclusives for you. Number one, with new edge rusher Chase Winovich, who came to the Browns in a trade with the New England Patriots, and then cornerback Greg Newsom talking about his draft experience when he was the Browns' first-round pick in 2021, his rookie season, his expectations for year number two as well. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with pure joy because sometimes you just never know what's going to happen on Cleveland Browns Daily. And earlier this week on Monday at 2.15 p.m., if you know, you know, that was a prime example. The Hoff joins us to talk about the importance of choosing the right pair of underwear and the perils of choosing the wrong pair of underwear to start your day. It truly is just pure insanity. And frankly, it is pure joy. So that's all coming your way here on a very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Up first, the head coach here, Cleveland Browns, next on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into a very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Want to remind you that OBM, Ohio Business Machines, preferred copier provider of the Cleveland Browns, who have all the X's and O's for your office, call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. We're going to kick things off here today with the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. And, you know, one thing they talk about in this draft process inside this building, the Cross Country Mortgage Campus here in Berea, is the collaboration. And you see the coaches, they kind of get an an idea from the scouts. Okay, here's who we're going to look at. The coaches are going to watch the tape, especially the particular position group coaches. The head coach, he's going to watch it all. And sometimes you get guys that are your favorites. And sometimes you're able to share that with the scouts. And sometimes it all just comes together where you've got a consensus. And it turns out in this draft for the Browns, there was quite a bit of consensus on a lot of guys. But one guy I think really stood out to Kevin Stefanski, and that was wide receiver David Bell, the leading receiver in the Big Ten last year, a consensus All-American. So you're going to hear the head coach talk about this entire draft class and share why he thinks David Bell can be an impact player right away for the Cleveland Browns. So take a listen. Here's head coach Kevin Stefanski on the Browns draft review show, breaking down the Browns 2022 draft class. Coach, the draft, it feels like a long weekend. I'm sure you, hopefully it took some time yesterday to decompress, be with the family again. But what's kind of your overall impression now that you sit back and say, here, look at what we accomplished uh, in this draft. 
Yeah, as everybody knows, you you can't grade it for a little while. So, but what you can grade is your process and and, and your communication. I thought, uh, I thought everybody did a nice job with that. I thought Andrew and his crew were outstanding, just in their how meticulous they were in putting that draft board together. Because if you spend as much time putting it together as our guys do, then you should stay true to it. And I think that's what Andrew's done a really nice job of uh, in three drafts, uh, making sure that they trust what they're doing, communicating both during the draft and before the draft, listening, uh, which I think is such a key element to all this. So uh, I think the process was really good. Started off the draft, you had picked 44. That would be the first time you'd select. You'd made the trade to acquire Deshaun Watson, and I know you're happy about that. That ends up becoming, after a trade, MJ Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi State, Perion Winfrey, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, and Cade York, the kicker out of LSU. So one player now becomes three for your team. Just from the, the side standpoint of take us behind the scenes on how do you guys come to a decision like that? Because it's a significant move back but yet it turns into three players that I know you're excited about. Yeah, I think it's all about opportunity, and I don't think we could have predicted that that opportunity would have happened. Uh, but what happens is you know, you maybe 10 or so picks from your pick, and you start getting phone calls, and people say, hey, if our guy's there, uh, we may call you and offer this. Would you be interested? And that's when we hang up and start having some conversations. And, 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 and you, don't, you can't put names to the picks, but when you – say it that way when you say hey you're going to get these picks you start to say think to yourself and you look at the board and you start to say well we may be in line to grab these guys if, if we can do something like that so uh, the opportunity was there um, and I just felt really strongly about the guys we were able to add so excited about that but I can't tell you that that was exact ex was going to play out exactly how we thought it would is that like a, a long, you're waiting already to get for 44, and then now it's like, no, 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 we're going to wait till 68. Is that a lot of waiting when you're watching names get called? That you know, I'm sure there are guys that went that you were excited about, but it ended up being the way that it was meant to be. But is that hard to do all that waiting? The draft is a waiting game. Yes. That's what it is. Patience is a virtue during that draft. So uh, felt felt strongly about that trade in particular, just uh, ultimately that that was what was best for us. I think uh, universally we agreed that that was what was best for us in that moment. Uh, to turn around and get the players we were able to get, I mean, that's another exciting part of this, uh, being able to add Perion where we got him, get, getting Cade, uh, you know, adding MJ there uh, in, in the third round. So excited about uh, all those guys. Uh, let's talk about MJ Emerson, 6'2", wasn't targeted much in the SEC. To me, that says people weren't open. They went other directions, did a good job there. What did you guys like about him? Yeah, we see a scheme fit. We see a guy with really good size, really good length. Uh, we feel like his skill set matches up to with what we do. Um, ultimately, we're going to have to develop him and, and see what he can handle. But this is a really good young man, a, a smart player, uh, really like all the things he is off the field as well as on the field. All right, Alex Wright was a name that everybody in this building was excited about. That was pretty clear from the way everybody has spoken about that. You guys were hoping – he was going to be at 78. That's kind of where you wanted it. It comes to fruition. What do you like about him, and how nice is it when you identify somebody that early and it actually plays out the way you wanted it to? Yeah, I think when you look at Alex, uh, there's a lot of things that you like. I mean, you start with his size. I mean, he has the length. He has the frame. He has the ability to play in our system, uh, setting the edge from the defensive end position. That program down there at UAB, they do a – phenomenal job on defense I mean they're just really a really good defensive football team and to see him play in that scheme to play well in that scheme just felt like there was a really good translation to what we do and then again talking about the person off the field just feel like we're getting a, a young man 
that understands that he has a lot left in his body. He has a long way to go, and, and we feel like we uh, have an opportunity here to develop him. And then you get David Bell with your third pick in the third round out of Purdue. He was the consensus All-American, best receiver in the Big Ten. And, you know, they say your tape is your resume. It feels to me, if that's the case, we got a pretty good value on a guy because maybe he ran a little slower than people wanted to. But you put him on, he gets open, and he produces against big-time competition. Yeah, you know, he's productive. And you mentioned you get open, and you get open in a variety of ways. But we feel like he can separate versus man coverage, has really, really strong hands. Uh, so he had traits. He had skill set that, that we were looking for. Um, but like you mentioned, Nathan, you put on the tape, he, he's he's making plays all over the field. Yeah, against a lot of guys who were drafted, by the way, and guys who will be drafted in coming drafts as well. So that wrapped up day number two. Day three got started. You were third on the clock, and I, I think it was one of those collision courses. It felt to me anyway that Perry and Winfrey and Katie York were going to be Browns by the end of that fourth round. And sure enough, boom, boom, you get them both. Let's start with Perry on who was – if he's half the football player, he is a character. I mean, the guy's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, my man Perrion, he, he, like I mentioned the other day, you're going to hear him before you see him. He just brings the energy. Uh, he, he brings it on the practice field. Ha having him in the building, I know he's going to bring it. So excited to work with him. Uh, again, the skill set matches up to the scheme. He gets off the football. He's an explosive player. He's a penetrator. That's what we're looking for our defensive tackles, uh, our three technique in this case, to do. We want them to reset the line of scrimmage. That's something that he's done on tape. It's something that he did down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, so excited to add a player of that caliber uh, at that pick. You know, we talked to him after, and while it was wildly entertaining, he also said that at the Senior Bowl he realized – you know, I just never turn it off. Just keep it going. As he said, step on their necks whenever I get the opportunity. And he ended up being the MVP of that game. And I think made a statement, maybe something switched for him. That's going to be a room where there's opportunity. I mean, we're unproven in there. Jordan Elliott, a third-round pick a couple of years ago. Tommy Togiai last year. Sheldon Day's been in the league for a long time, always gives quality reps. And then Taven Bryan, who's come over from Jacksonville, or former first-round pick. But there's going to be opportunity. And, and I think to kind of have that juice in the room is going to be good for everybody. No doubt. And I think it, what it does is it elevates everybody's play. When, when you add good players in, into a room or you add them onto the defensive line in this case, I, I think it brings out the best out of everybody. I really do. All right, let's talk about Cade York. And, and, you know, people, oh, it's early for a kicker. Well, first of all, this was, a, in essence, in some ways, a free pick. And they're not free once you get them. You want to use the asset. But that was part of that trade, and that's the third and final piece from that trade with the Houston Texans. I know you guys want to be good at that position. It's important. Look at our division. Tucker, McPherson, Boswell. It's critical. What do you guys like about Katie York? Yeah, I think you mentioned you look at the division, then you look at how these games are so tight at the end. And, and we, you know, we're looking forward to Cade and his development. Uh, but we, we think we have a, a young player that – really checks the boxes he, he had uh, some big kicks and some huge moments in college uh, he has a skill set he has a very strong leg he's accurate you know coach Preef went down there and worked with him uh, put him through a workout and, and the winds were going sideways you know it was incredible and, and he was able to play the win so uh, he's a young kicker obviously we're, we're ready to develop him uh, but we think really highly of him and we think uh, that we think that with development he's got a huge upside yeah, clearly you think very highly of him. He will be the one kicker on the roster going into camp, which is a pretty good, I'd say, uh, seal of approval right there for Cade York. In the past, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, those were guys Browns were looking to compete. 
come in, maybe even play right away. Now these guys are going to have to compete to make this football team, and while they're very talented, speaks to the talent and the depth of your roster. Start with Jerome Ford, incredibly productive last year for Luke Fickle down at Cincinnati. Yeah, very productive. You know, they played really good football down there uh, with the Bearcats, and, and he was always – close to what the, their success I mean he was he was producing in big moments can can really run the ball with with a downhill style can put the foot in the ground can cut uh, and use his speed uh, a talented football player started at Alabama uh, so you know he's got the the physical traits the skill set uh, and then just really played good football for them and we think there's more to Jerome as well we think he can help in the pass game so another guy that we're excited uh, to get to work with and, and coach Mitchell is excited to get to work with him uh, in the building get him in the meeting rooms get him out in the field and see what he can do feels like he has some real home run ability too yeah, he's, he has a legit speed, and, and that's some guys uh, have that breakaway speed, and, and sometimes it comes in smaller packages. If you have a guy who's under 200 pounds and he's a sprinter, it's hard to use that speed because it's hard to get through that first line. I think with Jerome and some of the really good ones, you have a guy that has a, a thick build that then can get in the open field. As we kind of wrap this thing up, you get another receiver, Michael Woods out of Oklahoma, Isaiah Thomas, defensive end out of Oklahoma, and then a center in Dawson Deaton. What did you like about these guys? You added late, chance to compete. Yeah, you're always looking at late in this draft. You're looking for traits. You know, what's this guy's one redeeming quality? Uh, and, and all those guys really, uh, I, I think, highly of them. I think Michael Woods is, can, has a chance to be a productive football player. He's got length, uh, catches the ball well, so excited to get him up here with uh, his teammate, with Isaiah Thomas, a productive football player, and, and also just a, a tough guy, a, a leader on that football team. So I think we're adding an outstanding player and an outstanding person in Isaiah. And then with Dawson, the offensive linemen are hard to find. And, and as we know, tackles, interior guys, it just, it just gets hard to find them. So excited to add one that we can get Coach Callahan, Coach Peters uh, to work with him, uh, but a really talented football player. And Coach Peters was able to spend some time with him at the Shrine game. So you get that intimate knowledge of a player when you have your coaches spending a week with them. Were you surprised you guys picked nine players and you added two picks into the next draft as well? But nine guys is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. and it, It's competitive. This is hard uh, to, to make our football team. So you, you had a bunch of players that you go to get to see them compete. You, you, that's why I think we're all looking forward to getting these guys on campus, getting them here for OTAs, for mini camp, and then training camp because this is it's a great competition. All right, coming out of the draft, as you guys spoke uh, at the end of it yourself, Paul Podesta and Andrew Berry, roster is not finished. Now that teams and everything is held, we're seeing veterans be released around the league. We're seeing veterans be signed around the league as well. Do you expect in the next like week to two weeks that we're going to flesh this thing out here, or is it? I know it's an always an ongoing process, but is that the goal? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like as you mentioned, the roster is constantly in flux, and and sometimes the the small deals that you do at the bottom of the roster, so to speak, uh, end up being big deals. So we'll continue to to look at what's out there and, and try and upgrade the every position as much as we can. But uh, I do think as you get in toward, towards the end of this spring into minicamp, you'll start to get your final football team that you're going to bring to training camp. All right, and then today, the beginning of phase two, how nice was it to get out there on the grass and get to see these guys, 22, 2022 Cleveland Browns for the first time? Yeah, exactly right. First time on the grass with the players. Uh, so first time to get to see guys throw. First time to get to see some of the guys get out of a three-point stance. Uh, so exciting uh, as you can imagine we have a lot of work to do and and that's where we're starting we're starting uh, at square one and, and we're starting at the basics and we're working on fundamentals and trying to teach and reteach this system learn and relearn this system so the guys are excited about the work that they have to put in to do that
You see, I told you about that word consensus, and it's amazing how sometimes a draft in which, you know, there are over 200 players drafted, the Browns can identify a guy. In this case, it was Alex Wright, and you heard Coach talk about it. Alex Wright at 78. That was one of the picks that the Browns had the entire time. The Browns did a lot of moving around, as we mentioned, from 44, getting 68, a couple of picks in the fourth round that ended up becoming impact players, Perrion Winfrey and Cade York. But the consensus around Alex Wright in this building was off the charts. They'd always hoped they could get him in 78, and then they did. And that's, to me, one of the cool kind of behind-the-scenes draft stories you get. That wasn't a name that you heard a lot linked to the Cleveland Browns. Listen, this place is a vault with these guys. But they got their man, and they hope that he can develop into that big-end long-term running buddy for miles garrett still to come on the show pro bowl right tackle wyatt teller in an exclusive one-on-one interview plus we hear from one of the guys that was acquired in that draft trade Cade york the new browns kicker he joined gerard cherry and i uh, from our day three draft coverage we also have another exclusive one-on-one with brown's new edge rusher chase winovich this guy is going to be an absolute fan favorite, folks. Plus, Greg Newsome, one-on-one. Another exclusive you won't hear anywhere but right here. And then finally, still to come, a treat for your eyes. Get ready to laugh. Get your get in your favorite laughing chair if you've got one because the Hoff joins us for an impromptu segment earlier this week where he talks about the joys of picking the right pair of underwear to start your day. That's all I'm going to tell you. If you haven't heard it, if you know, you know. If you haven't heard it. You're going to want to hear it because you are going to really enjoy the Hoff's philosophies, the philosophical Hoff, as it were, talking underwear, the selection, and what that means for the rest of your day. Wyatt Teller next here on this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to a very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, full of exclusive interviews. And you're going to hear one coming up in a second. But first, if a car, truck, or motorcycle accident has caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. You want an exclusive? You got an exclusive. How about two-time, second-team All-Pro, one-time Pro Bowler, right guard, Wyatt Teller, he has had an unbelievable offseason of travel, of working out, of getting back in here with his teammates. And Wyatt Teller always has the gift of gab. When you look at this Browns team and you go to the offense, where is their continuity? Well, hopefully we're going to have it on the offensive line. But there was one change. Center J.C. Treader has been an Ironman for this football team. He moves on this offseason to take his place in Nick Harris. Why will talk about Nick Harris, all of his offseason travels, his lovely bride Carly, and much, much more in a CBD exclusive one-on-one with Wyatt Teller. Oh, what a treat indeed. Wyatt Teller, all-pro right guard of your Cleveland Browns, joining us here and Wyatt draft weekend. And I know, can you go back? And I saw you gallivanting around Virginia Tech earlier this offseason, having the time of your life, which was great to see. But can you go back to being that guy coming out of school, draft day, take us back, ended up with the Buffalo Bills. What was kind of that day, that experience, all of that like? Yeah, that whole that whole week was uh, was crazy. It was uh, scary to say the least, um, but it was exciting. You know, it's the first step into a very long path. You know, I said that then and I say that now is, you know, each, each step, you know, it's a step forward. You know, don't take any steps back, right, but try to take a step forward, try to get better. Um, find a team that, that wants you, that's putting, a, putting their name out for you. Um, and even if you're not drafted, you know, find a niche, you know, get into the playbook. And, you know, it was scary at first, but then once you, you know, you got into the city, got into it and, you know, got the playbook, you know, it was as much as you wanted to make it. 
When you think about getting that phone call, what were you doing at the time? What was kind of that? You said, oh, because I'm sure you're waiting. You're like, all right, what's going to come? It's going to come. It comes. What was that kind of like? So it was uh, Saturday. It was the third day uh, of the draft. And um, it was just towards the end of the fifth round. And my phone, you know, had full bars, had everything. You know, didn't, didn't think anything weird of it. But all of a sudden, my brother's phone rings. And, you know, he gets it and looks at me all intensely and was like, Oh my gosh. And then hands it. And, you know, as I pick up the phone and start talking uh, to Sean McDermott and the Pagulas, um, I saw my name go across and then everybody starts going crazy. I can't hear what, uh, you know, Coach McDermott's trying to say. So I have to go into another room and talk to him. Um, But it was nerve wracking. It was funny. All those, all those days, all those moments leading up to that felt like an eternity. And then once your name gets called, those last two, two rounds went by like that, you know, it was kind of funny, but um, it was definitely a cool experience. I wish my phone was working. I was so say, I how did they end up calling your brother? He was my because I knew he would be with me on that day, uh-huh. and I know that he has probably the best cell service <laughs> between my parents and you know me. I had a janky phone then, um, so he was kind of the the best bet. So you think about that. You end up then getting traded here. At what point, like? Did you even let yourself, you know, everybody has a lot of aspirations. Everybody has dreams. Did you ever let yourself get the point, think like, I'm going to be, you know, all pro, sign a huge contract extension, all of that? Like, when did it click to you that not only am I in this league, not only do I belong in this league? Because I would imagine, you know, you go in the fifth round and then they you get traded. That has to, you have to be like, okay, well, what's kind of, what's my path? And then to find it here and to be where you are now has got to be crazy. When did you kind of either ever let yourself dream this big or when did you know like, okay, it's there. I can get this. I yeah. can do this. I, I feel like when you get into the uh, NFL, um, that's the mindset of everyone. Everybody wants to be all pro. Everybody wants to, you know, have a jacket on their back um, by what they did in the league. That's not the case. Not everybody does that. That's why those are amazing accolades. Um, you know, I still, I still think in my mind and it's going to sound cliche, but you know, truly I haven't earned it. You know, I, yeah, I've done good things, but I still have to earn, um, the ultimate goal, which is Hall of Fame, right? And that's that's still a long time in yeah, advance. Let's focus well, sure. on let's w- focus on the wide zone reach and the backside, you know, cuts. But uh, you know, there's a lot to focus on and a lot to you know worry about. But the best thing you can do is just focus on your work, and the le- the rest will happen. Um, when I came in uh, after drafted, you know, draft, you know, like I said, it was it was the first step. So it was, you know. An amazing opportunity, yeah. but I hadn't made it. <laughs> There's a lot of guys yeah, who get drafted sure. and don't don't amount. Um, and then after that first year, I end up starting seven games, and still, you know, I get traded. I, I was the weakest link, so you know, I kind of moved to a place where who wanted me? Um, you know, somewhere a city that was hungry for strong, uh, you know, good offensive linemen, um, and had you know a great core of offensive linemen, you know, to be to be added to. You know, I remember my first year, everybody had the question mark around me. And then by the end of the year, it was, okay, our offensive line's good. We're good. We don't have any question marks. And that's a blessing. Um, you know, this year with J.C. Levin and um, Nick and, you know, Poe in, you know, working, you know, it's exciting to have, you know, um, a cohesive group, you know, a group that's, uh, you know, obviously we're all going to miss J.C. Um, but, you know, we, you know, he's the leader of offensive line, so we're going to have to find that, that leader, um, you know, someone who, you know, J.C. was one of the smartest guys I know. Yeah. So if we can find someone close, just close as smart, then, yeah. you know, we'll be pretty damn good. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a blessing. You know, it's, it's good to be around the guys for the past two years. We haven't been able to be really in person. I think last year was, but it was, you know, 
certain rules that made it almost impossible to be sure. together. Um, where now it's like, you know, I had guys over to the house. The other, uh, you can hang out. I had brisket. You know what I mean? It was just, you know, grilling out. And, Listen, you know. I'll take the invite whenever. I love a good brisket. <laughs> and I follow, you know, on the social media, your, your wife's putting out all of your wares. Like I'm salivating yeah. over there. It's funny. You know, I thought 20 pound, 20 pound brisket was enough for, you know, the offensive line. And I think only like six guys came over and it was gone. So. Gone. It's funny. That thing would take me Gone. a whole week and a half to finish, and yeah. you know, six guys we finish it in you know an hour. I remember I had not offensive linemen over, but I had like a group of maybe like eight to ten dudes, and I got a like a fifteen pounder, and I was like, "That's gonna be <laughs> plenty, plenty, yeah. right?" And I did it in the sous vide, sous vide for twenty four hours, oh, and yeah. then finished it, uh, and it came, and it was good, and it was all of a sudden a house that was deafening because dudes already yapping and you know telling stories and laughing and whatever which silence dead silent <laughs> and then i looked gone like, that's good gone it like, means it's okay. good it means it's good my we'll mom always it. said yeah. you know when when the house gets silent when the table gets silent that means the food's good it is well i love that and it's great that you guys get to kind of hang out and you mentioned nick christmas nick started that was the game the only time jc's ever missed a snap in his entire career with the cleveland browns impressive and you know nick didn't allow pressure he guys ran for nine yards a carry and and i think that's probably one of the things that gave him a lot of confidence say okay you, now you get this opportunity after the success he had at washington in college he's been in here every day you've been in here every day this offseason i see both of you in there as i make my way in to go try to get you know a little bit a little bit stronger and you guys are out there <laughs> smashing tires and squatting and zurturing and all the things that you guys do but uh What's kind of that relationship with Nick? Because that's the guy who's going to be right to your left and the guy that's going to be, as you said, kind of the quarterback of the offensive line. Yeah, no, I mean, Nick's an amazing guy. Um, and it is impressive. You know, Coach always says, you know, success breeds confidence. Um, and, you know, having that success, it, you know, puts your foot forward. And that's how I said, no steps back. St take a step forward. Whatever it is, even if it's one thing, just take a step forward. Um, and I think, you know, Nick is he's a hard worker. You know, like I said, He's smart, he, you know, he's tough, he's fast. Today we were doing sprints against each other and I wasn't even close. He's that fast, I just, I can't keep up. But he is, um, he's a hard worker. Uh, like you said, he was here every day off season, um, you know, getting stronger, you know, changing, you know, changing whatever he had to change, you know, working on technique, fundamentals, all these different things that, you know, I see are gonna play, you know, uh, dividends in his game. Um, and I'm excited uh, to play next to him, you know, he's, uh, He's a guy who uh, plays with energy, and I yeah. love that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't talk a lot of smack, but, you know, I'll just be, you know, hyped up on the sidelines, just whatever. And, you know, he's someone who comes over and chest bumps me, gets in my face, and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's cool to have a, you know, a guy who has the same mindset on that. Um, but, no, it's, uh, like I said, I think that, you know, Nick is Nick's a great leader. Um, he's smart, smart as all hell. Um, and I think that, you know, he's going to be a you know, great attribute to our team. Year three with Bill Callahan, and you guys yeah. remember you going back, and he can be tough. He can be demanding, and I know there are times when I'm sure it's a love-hate relationship, but there's no doubt the guy knows how to coach the position, and the, the proof is very much in the pudding and the way that people have developed through your own hard work and obviously taking that coaching. You know, is that exciting that you guys have kind of all now, Nick will be his third year, and that all of you together here, and, you know, Jackson, their work busting his butt to get back as soon as he can, but to know that you guys have all kind of been here with Bill and, and Coach Peters and, you know, keep that development going, even if at times you're probably like, come on, man, show yeah. me some love here, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a blessing, to say the least. Coach is, uh, coach is a great coach, um, but it's kind of funny. I, I, I was just thinking about it. He's the longest offensive line coach I've had since high school. Three Evening, straight years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think in college I had a coach for three straight years, but it was kind of like right after that third year. Um, and then well, I guess I didn't really have him my, my redshirt freshman year. Um, Grimes, Searles, and then, you know, Vice. 
And then in the NFL, I had Juan Castillo, uh, Bobby, um, Bobby Johnson, and then uh, um, Campin before That's right. Coach Callahan. So this is uh, – <laughs> it's kind of cool to have a coach that you, you understand his terminology. You're going into year three of understanding how he wants things done, how he wants things said. Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot cleaner. Yeah. You know, when you're learning a new program, when you're learning a new system, um, new jargon, terminology, it, it just takes time to just learn – to you know, uh, compartmentalize what you knew, and then putting it into new categories of what needs to be known. Um, so I think that you know Bill uh, does a great job of that. I mean, you see guys who, um, all jokes aside, guys who could have been on the street two weeks ago come in and start a game. I, I saw him do that with guys in uh, in Washington. Um, you know, and I think you know we had a couple guys who had to come in and yeah, Michael kinda, Dunn, comes Michael in, Dunn, Blake Hans. Yeah, you know, it is it's impressive um, what he can do with uh, with um, with inexperienced guys because he's so experienced that he can add you know years of experience if you just listen to him. Yeah, if you just take coaching, like you said, if you just focus in on getting better at one, like I said, take a step forward, whatever it is, take a step forward. Um, and I really do believe that um, you know he's he's. You know, a great coach, uh, a football mind. Um, it never stops for him, and it's impressive. What's it like having everybody together in the building starting? Because you know now, okay, we're starting the 2022 season now, and obviously Deshaun's come in, new quarterback. What's that kind of been like, just getting everybody together and starting to build the bonds that you need? You need those bonds to be able to go through a long season and oh, yeah. one that we hope is a very long season. Yeah, like I was saying about how, you know, Nick, um, you know, he matches that energy. You know, we have guys that – you know, we're all going through something, whether it be on the field or off the field, uh, coaches yelling at you, you know, you have girlfriend or wife problems, whatever it is, we're a group That's and good. we can, we can help each other and we can kind of, you know, Joel, who has, you know, two kids and, you know, a whole life been married for a plethora of years. You know, he's someone who can give someone who's just, you know, engaged or just married information. I can help, you know, where I can, you know, again, I'm only year five, so there's a still well, I if they need to go out and carry gators around, yes, you can give them advice. I can help them with that. Take great trips with your wife. You had a great off-season yes. of trips. She's a wonderful documentarian of the Teller experience. It's great. It's it's She is amazing, to say the least. Um, she is an influencer. Um, but uh, but she's she, that's what she, you know, she loves to um, – it's good because once I do get older, I'll be able to remember much more. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. just in that natural, you're going to forget something. Yeah. Um, so it is good to have uh, have that part of her, um, of you know, her social media uh, outreach. But, um, you know, she's she's the uh, the travel guru. If anybody has any questions, she's the person to go to. I love it, dude. Well, it's great seeing you. You look to be in tremendous condition, thank by you, the way. You, thank like, you. Of course, the sun's not even out. Sun's out. If I had guns like that, my guns would be out too. I got sun's a nice little, little cloudy, but guns out anyway. Hey, I got a nice. Little I see a little farmer's yeah, a little farmer's tan. Yeah. That's Golfing all right. for the first time in a long time. So How was it? It was eighty degrees, so I was happy. I know. I golfed. I golfed on Saturdays. Yes, same. Yeah. And, Were you hitting uh, some bombs? I imagine you hit some bombs. Uh, some. When you there hit was it. other ones. Yeah. yeah, there were. I hit some bombs that were about three hundred yards right, <laughs> three hundred yards left. But we'll, you know, straighten it up. Listen. You can always kind of refine it. You can't teach power, but once you have power, then we can refine it. We yes. can and narrow the, tr the dispersion. As let, it were. And, you, you know, we talked about it before, but, you know, let the club do the work. Let the club do the work. You know, it's like the scene is what I've been telling everybody about golf lately. It's like the scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Do you know Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Mm -hmm. When they're doing the surf instructor, <laughs> yeah. instructing, and he's like, no, do, do less. less. Do, do less. less. Well, you have Let's to do golf. something. <laughs> yeah. I could have to do a little more than that. Do less. Yeah, there it is. Do less. But I know you're doing a lot out there. The great white teller. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.
there's no doubt on the short list of friends of the program, Wyatt Teller nearing the top if he's not at the top of the mountain already. And the great thing is now we get to have guys back in the studio. We can have some regulars. We know you guys love the regs. So do we. Wyatt Teller, we're reaching out to his people. You come anytime you want. Open invitation. Still to come on this show, we told you, it's about exclusives. You're going to get an exclusive at 2 o'clock with Chase Winovich. And again, this guy, Browns fans, you are going to love him. Greg Newsom talking about what Denzel Ward's going to have to do now that he signed this big contract at 215-230. The Hoff. You won't hear this anywhere but Cleveland Browns Daily. Talking about selecting the right pair of underwear to get your day started. But coming up next... From our day three draft show, Gerard Cherry and I sit down with the man that the Browns hope can finally replace the great Phil Dawson, the Browns' fourth-round pick out of LSU kicker, Cade York. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to a very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Browns fan Sugardale is sponsoring grand opening events at two new Meyer stores. Visit the Canton store today and the Brunswick store on Friday, May the 13th for samples and giveaways and special appearances by Browns alumni and chomps. For store locations and more details, visit Sugardale.com slash events. The Browns selected kicker Cade York in the fourth round of this draft. Pick number 124. That is the highest a kicker has been drafted since the year 2016. And Cade York was a guy who, as a kid, played soccer. And then he transitions to football in high school. He goes to the Under Armour All-American game in high school and sets the record for the longest field goal, hitting a 59-yarder. After his career long in high school, was 47 yards. He became the first LSU kicker to make two field goals of 50 yards or longer in a game against Texas A&M. He booted a 57-yarder through the fog to beat then number six-ranked Florida in 2020. He was the kicker on the LSU national championship team in 2019. He made 15 field goals of more than 50 yards in college. That was an LSU record. And now... He is a Cleveland Brown. So we take you back to day three of the 2022 NFL Draft. Browns sideline reporter Gerard Cherry and yours truly sat down with new Browns kicker, Cade York. We go to the phone lines now and we talk with the newest member of the Cleveland Browns kicker, Cade York. Cade, you're on with Nathan Zagura, work for the Browns. Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, our sideline reporter as well. First of all, congratulations. Welcome to Cleveland. Thank you. Cade, when you are a kicker, and you talked about some of the pressure kicks you've made, the 57-yarder to beat Florida in the fog is one that everybody talks about. But I want to talk about what's your process. Take us through, because as you said earlier, when you're in pressure situations, you eliminate the mentals and get back to the muscle memory. So as like a great golfer, they always have pre-shot routines. Tell us about your pre-kick routine. I mean, I, I have the physical routine, which is very obvious. that You, you see me run on the field, I drag my fingers in the, in the, the grass, get a dry swing once I get past the hash and then to see them take the steps and stuff like that. But the more important is the mental. Um, once I start taking my steps, I kind of have mental thoughts that I say is the exact same thing every time to where it doesn't really give myself any chance to have like free thoughts and start having negative thoughts. So it's when you just do the same thing over and over again in your head, it's almost like your body just takes over. And that's how I, especially after my freshman year of college, that's something that I learned to help like, take over in the high pressure situations where it's you just you just do it 
And, Kate, as you were going through the draft process, did you have any idea that you were on the Browns' radar? And once you got that phone call and you saw the 216 or 440 area code pop up on your phone, how did it feel, my man? Uh, I definitely knew the Browns were interested. I had lots of talks with Coach Prefer over the spring and built a good relationship with him. And, honestly, I was hoping I ended up there. So, uh, it was a great feeling to see that call. Um, and I'm super excited. What was your what were your chats like with Mike Pre for our special teams coordinator, former Navy man, and somebody that I'm sure you're looking forward to working with uh, closely? They were great. I remember at the combine we ended up talking for like an hour, just watching film and talking and just getting to know each other and talking to the phone at the combine, and then came and had a private workout with him and went out to dinner with him and just talked about his time and then when he was a pilot, Navy stuff like that and. Got to know like about his family, his career, and then we talked about me, and it was great. And had to work out the next day, and now we're here. And, Kay, we heard you earlier say that you love the motto, pressure is a privilege. Please explain to our listeners and to us as well why that phrase resonates with you. I mean, it's, it's kind of the situation is you can look at your situation and you can be upset that you're not – or worried about – pressure and you're being put in these situations where there is pressure but to be put in those situations where you have pressure is a privilege because not everyone is trusted to be put in those situations and not everyone gets the opportunity to to succeed in those moments of uh, pressure so it's a privilege to be able to be in those moments you know what it's like to play in big time games important games games of consequence you know it's like to kick in games of consequence you know, do you think coming from a place like LSU, the success that was had at LSU while you were there, even in your freshman year, right? You guys go all the way. Does that prepare you? I'm sorry, in your sophomore year, does that prepare you guys for, you know, for for coming to the NFL and kicking on these stages? And, you know, you've been in front of crowds in college and the passion there. I'd say Cleveland's one of the towns that has that collegial feel, but you're used to that, right? Do you think that gives you an advantage over some other people coming in the league? I mean, I think that, yes, I've definitely been in some very big games with lots of big crowds and lots of people. I think that just about anyone in the NFL that's not going to be able to match kind of some of the games I've been in. Like, I was sitting in a car right now looking at Tiger Stadium from where I am, and it fits 104,000 people. So it's it's those type of situations, like, it's a little bit different in the NFL. And I think that those being able to play in those games in college has definitely built up um, some ability to play in pressure situations in big games like that. And, Kay, I'm going to get this multiple times because he's a hero here, he's one of the best kickers to run through here, and Phil Dawson. Will you reach out to him? And if so, what type of questions would you ask him about kicking in Browns in First Energy Stadium? So I actually just talked – I was just on the phone with Coach Prefer, and he said that sometime soon he's going to get me and him connected. And – uh kind of just talk about um, get the different sneak peeks and different um, the ins and outs of the stadiums and just yes. some advice about sticking in that area with that weather. Um, and I'm excited to talk to him because obviously that's a pretty legendary name and I'm um, excited to get to learn from him. Do you like to hit a straight ball? Do you like to have a little draw on it? Do you like to have a little fade on it? Or does it depend on the kick that you're making? What's kind of, as you said earlier, and you're exactly right. I played golf, obviously, not at the level that you kick. I can, I can say that with 100% certainty. But you're right. When you strike the ball well, it doesn't matter what the conditions are, right? If you hit it pure, it's going to do what you want it to do. What, how do you feel comfortable kind of striking the ball and getting that consistent leg stroke and hitting it the way that you want? 
Um, I think that for most people, you definitely, like, especially me, I'm trying to hit a straight ball. I think as a righty, my tendency is if I don't hit a straight ball, it's going to move right to left, so a draw. Um, Especially on longer kicks, because sometimes they don't hold as long, especially once they start falling down, um, like at the apex, they'll start moving more. But um, straight ball is definitely the goal. Um, But, yeah, like, if you – there are times where you'll play the wind if the wind's going to make a draw or the wind's going to make it fade and you aim at different spots, but straight ball is almost always the goal. And, Kay, silly question, but I have to ask it because you live in the south and you live in Baton Rouge and the weather is just great there if you love humidity especially. But do you own a winter coat? <laughs> um, I think now I have some money to buy a winter coat. <laughs> I don't think I have winter coats. For uh, for Cleveland winter, maybe for Texas winter, um, so I might have to invest. Yeah, well, you will certainly be able to do that. By the way, congratulations on your your dreams coming true, becoming an NFL kicker, the first kicker taken in this draft in the fourth round. That is very impressive, and we can't wait to see you come here. And let me tell you something. You put that ball through the uprights like you did in college. You do that here for the Browns. You're going to be beloved in this city because that's one thing we have been searching for for quite some time and and excited to see you coming here and get to work, Cade. Well, thank you. You know, after the Browns drafted Cade York, they released both kickers, Chris Blewett and Chase McLaughlin, paving the way. He will not have competition he is the Browns kicker and they are expecting big things out of him and you know when just listening to him there he's kicked in huge situations he's kicked in front of a hundred plus thousand people and he has delivered so coming from a school like LSU the games of consequence that he has played in to the Browns I think that'll make it for a kicker where so much of it is mental an easier transition there's no doubting his leg strength there's no doubting his ability and I think he will be the one to be the Browns kicker for a long long time one hour down one hour to go still to come in hour number two oh boy it is pure joy for years we're going to kick it off with chase winovich an exclusive one-on-one then greg newsome entering his second year talks about his draft experience his expectations for this season and playing alongside the highest paid cornerback in nfl history Denzel Ward and finally at the bottom of the hour you're gonna get the Huff pure insanity pure jocularity pure hilariousness and about the importance of a great pair of boxer briefs you are listening to a special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland Welcome back to a very special edition of Cleveland Browns Dailies. We kick off hour number two. Coming up in just a second, my one-on-one exclusive with Browns' new edge rusher, Chase Winovich. But first, Rumpke Waste and Recycling is a family-owned and operated company. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become a part of the family. Visit www.rumpke.com to learn more. Chase Winovich, a former third-round pick of the New England Patriots, was acquired this offseason by the Browns in a trade that sent linebacker Mac Wilson to New England and Chase Winovich to the Browns. Winovich played his college ball at Michigan. He knows what football means in this part of the country, and he's a guy who came into the league and recorded five-and-a-half sacks in each of his first two NFL seasons. Now, injuries slowed him in year three, but he's a guy who's come in here hungry with a lot to prove. 
And I'll tell you what, tremendous condition. He has shorn his locks so that he feels a little more aerodynamic and quicker around the edge to the quarterback. He's a guy that I ran into just earlier this week at like 5 o'clock here. I'm walking through the halls, and here comes Chase Winovich, and I love it. I told him my middle name was Dragomir. He now calls me the Dragon. He says, Dragon. I said, Chase, what's going on, brother? He said, I'm here to watch film. You got to love that work ethic. Not only that, the guy's a philosopher, taught me about cold showers. A little piece of advice to all of you. Finish your cold, finish every shower you take. Turn the water down cold. Doesn't have to be freezing. Doesn't have to be all the way down. But for one minute, and then you just stand in there, sit in it, and your body's going to start talking to you. Your head's going to start talking to you. Your thoughts are going to become clear, and you're going to have a moment of zen. Maybe, as they say in Caddyshack, a second of total consciousness. So you could have that going for you, which is nice, and you'll have Chase Winovich to thank for that. Not only that, you're going to feel really energized when you get out of the shower. I can promise you that one. But here he is, a guy who is sure to be a fan favorite, our exclusive one-on-one with Chase Winovich. Chase, draft weekend, exciting time for guys coming into the league. And let's go back to yours. You're coming out of Michigan. The hair is flowing. You're feeling great about yourself. What was kind of your mindset going into that draft? I knew I just needed one team to believe in me for uh, an opportunity. And thankfully, the Patriots um, pulled the trigger and got me. And, yeah, it was a crazy time sitting in front of a TV while everyone watches you, you know, watch the TV, watch your phone. Uh, just there's a lot of emotions, a lot of anxiety waiting to find out where, you know, what team you're going to play on, what position you could play. But it's pretty cool. It's very cool. It's, first of all, it's it's the culmination of a dream, right? And then it starts another dream because your goals will then change. But getting the league, obviously, a huge accomplishment. So for you, you go in the third round, which is an early pick, day two pick there by the New England Patriots. Prior to them calling you, did you have an idea the Patriots were into you? Did you think maybe there was another team like, oh, I'm probably going to go to this team? How was like in terms of kind of the pre-draft process and all the meetings and whatever? Did you have an idea who was it? Who was who was digging the Chase Winovich experience? Yeah, I'd say there's probably 10 teams or so, which I um, had a feeling that, you know, might pick me, but ultimately I didn't know. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. So the phone rate, you're sitting there, you get a phone call. Was the first phone call you got the one that ended up being the draft or because sometimes you get calls like, oh, we're going to pick you next and something crazy happens and it doesn't end up happening. Was that the first call you got from a team, the Patriots? Yeah, that was the first call I got. So I had a thumb surgery at the time. So my hand was in a cast. I couldn't play like most of the the newer video games just because you need a thumb. But fortunately, I was able to play. Right. I was able to play Super Smash Bros on N64 uh, with some of my friends. And we were in my my parents' bedroom. We were were playing. And all of a sudden, my phone started ringing. And it said Massachusetts. And I was obviously ecstatic, figuring out, uh, you know, that I was going to the Patriots. And uh, it was a great feeling for sure to finally – have a uh, a feather in my cap in terms of you know moving on to like the the next uh, chapter of my life and all the hard work leading up to that event, you know my time in Michigan going back to high school and uh, everything leading up to the draft is no joke either. So yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, that's awesome and and a great thing you said about ten teams were the Browns one of those ten teams? Mm, I don't think so. No, okay. Well, listen, their interest in you has blossomed now in, in the year 2022 as they made the move to go and bring you in. So, you know, you were obviously very well known at Michigan. You guys had a very good football team. What was it like going from being kind of like a big man on campus, right, and a leader on that defense, and then joining an NFL team, and especially for you, joining the Patriots, where 
now you're a rookie and I'm sure you're trying to fit in after being, you know, the guy that everybody was looking up to. Now you're going and you're like, where do I fit here in the NFL? Yeah, I'd say it's a lot. I mean, New England's um, an interesting place to join up with in the first place. Yeah. But it's there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, you're at the time I was entering a locker room of Tom Brady and uh, some other veteran players. And um, I was just doing what I always try to do. I try to uh, I try to learn as much as I can uh, about everything that I can. Yeah. And ultimately, I, I mean, I, I'd say it worked out. Um, it's yeah, but it's a, it's a lot. It is a, uh, a very interesting process, but I, I'd say change in general is never necessarily easy. Uh, but most of the time it works out for the best. Yeah. And the fact that I'm a Brown today shows that it, it certainly has so far. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And AB wasn't as you came out in the what, 2018 draft. 19 draft 19 2019 2019 yep so ab wasn't here yet so that's a different was a different crew so now that's what i mean it was it was a different crew so that's why i uh i don't think i i don't know though i mean to be honest the patriots i had a meeting with them i thought it went well but at the same time it's a very stoic meeting it's a very tell us about this play here you know type of meeting so uh i left there and i was like that meeting went really well or really bad i don't know (laughs) so the fact they picked me uh it went, well. it went pretty pretty well yeah you nailed that one and now here you are with the browns what's it been like to get around your teammates because you seem to you strike me as a guy that probably loves being around the guys loves being in the locker room the camaraderie and all of that and getting to get in here and finally get some workouts and meet everybody yeah it's been great i've really enjoyed getting to meet my teammates and it just seemed like uh they just got a great vibe to them you know there's a lot of uh really amazing guys super talented obviously on the field but uh, you know, I don't really see any of that stuff right away. It's all about like their personalities and just like, uh, just a feel thing. And I, I mean this wholeheartedly. I, I'm loving it uh, so far, man. I'm having a great time. Uh, the workouts are going really well. The guys are getting after it. We're getting stronger. Uh, we're getting smarter. The coaches are doing a great job teaching us the, uh, the installs and stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Do you love getting in the weight room? I, I imagine you like throwing the weights around and this is a, a pretty fun strength staff that we've got here. Yeah, it is. Now the strength app is really cool. They have a, uh, a great, great process towards things in terms of like slicing it up by expertise and uh, just a great philosophy, which is, is big because uh, it all starts kind of like what's your vision for things. Um, but no, I, I love, I love lifting weights. I love testing my body in any capacity. I take a cold shower every day. I, How cold? Uh, like freezing? As cold as I can get it. Jeez. And that's for, is that for recovery or is that just a test? You like to test yourself every day. Is that just for a test? Well, I started doing it uh, a while ago, but I, I found like, I always say this and I know this is silly, but just bear with me. There's a, there's something to be said for, and this is going to, this is going to be a, a wild jump, I guess, but like, like messing with people sometimes can be fun in a playful way, obviously. Sure. And nothing can mess with people more in terms of like, it doesn't really have like a harmful impact unless you like, I guess you have really big fingers or something, but like giving somebody a wet willy, it's like, for whatever reason, they just like, uh, they, people like freak out. Like if you want to make this to somebody like your, your daughters or your kids or your, your, whoever it's like, uh, or your buddies, like doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter, I guess, but it's like people freak out, you know, it's like 
for having such a little impact, like there's no actual consequence to giving somebody what will I mean, like, you know, you're probably not going to get like right. injured or anything, but people like hate it. It's just a terrible feeling. Yeah. Uh, cold showers are kind of like that uh, in a different way where it's like, it's free. It's literally like people, for the most part, most of the people that I hang out with, at least, uh, at least I hope, uh, take showers every day. That's right. So if you figure that they're in the water every day, like all they have to do at the end of the shower, just turn it to cold. Just like, just, it doesn't have to even be, it doesn't have to be freezing. Just cold enough that you could sit there and it's like uncomfortable. And you could hear this part of your brain say, whoa, turn that up. Heat me up. It's freezing. And it's like, if you just sit there and just remind yourself that, listen, I'm not going to die. Like I'm, I'm going to be okay. And like, sure enough, you do that for a couple of days. And honestly, you like, you begin to like, really just like, you like it. Like I, I honestly love taking cold showers now. Like I, I think that uh, like after I get out, I, I feel alive. I feel like energized. And it's like, it's one of those things that you have to experience, but uh, the rate, the, the difference between the amount, how free it is and accessible it is, to how powerful it is is like the comparison ultimately between that and what willies it's like, I like that that's not right. really harmful but people hate it well i'd imagine now you're like you must a cold tub you laugh at that other guys are like i don't want to go in the cold tub you're probably like yeah whatever like cold tub doesn't even phase you they're training yeah, cold, cold tubs are so tough uh, <laughs> but like i i don't i don't mind getting in a cold tub uh my it's a little different but it's like uh it's it affects your response a little differently. I, I'd get in a cold tub, not necessarily like challenge my toughness, which you can, uh, or to become mentally tougher, but um, as a modality of recovery rather. Yeah, sure, for your body. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I like this. Uh, so the cold shower, I'll, I'll try. I'll take it for a spin in the summer. Yeah. I don't mind doing that. Doesn't this. have to. Like doesn't do have to be freezing. Just, just listen. Just don't have any music playing. Just turn at the end of your shower. So okay. you've already, you've already finished up. Just. Yeah sit there and just just turn it cold like just to not it doesn't have to be all the way and just sit there and listen just feel and and, and, and observe those thoughts that pop into your mind it's like if, if you operate in that sort of like you know like type of fear anxiety ridden like state of consciousness like in everything you do it's just like you're a bully you're getting bullied essentially by this like subconscious system that like they don't really teach us about in school but uh, I, something I, I didn't realize you were like you were a philosopher kind of like a, a wellness guy you know it reminds you what you're talking about like the cold showers and i don't know if you ever heard of wim hof this like breathing thing where you can like hold, end up holding your breath for like three minutes or something insanely you can train your body that we can train our body to do pretty amazing things yeah they really can i mean think about it if you got an iphone if, you know if you never had a phone before first thing you probably want to do is like read the manual you know, it's like we're not really given a manual on how to use the most complicated system on earth, which is our body. This is fantastic. I really, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this thoroughly. I think, like, are there, have you found a lot of other like-minded people? Like, one day you got to talk to Joe Thomas, the Hoff, and I'd imagine, I don't know, I know he's on the other side of the ball, but offensive line coach Scott Peters, it, they both kind of, I feel like they operate in a similar way to you do in terms of how they see the world and how they try to apply that to better themselves. Yeah, no, I've seen some of Joe Thomas's tweets, and I definitely think we're on a similar vibe. Um, yeah, there's there's always more to learn. I'm sure they can teach me something, you know, through his time. Uh, you don't do ten thousand some plays by accident uh, in a row, so yeah. maybe you can teach me. By the way, good knowledge. Coming to the squad, you already know the ten thousand three sixty three. I like that. Yeah, ten thousand three sixty three. That's it. I'm gonna try these cold showers. I'm gonna do that. 
I want to talk to you about golf though. Cause we were, we were talking, we got to tee it up now. I, you're a golfer. When did you become into the, into the game of golf and how would you describe your game? So last year I was staying up in this place in Portsmouth. This, this uh, woman named Trish was uh, so generous to allow my, my friends slash business partners uh, to, to, get posted up in. And so we got a private chef and, um, you know, was working out every day, like a beast. And I would go outside and, you know, we would do, uh, we called it the, the Wentworth uh, championship or something along those lines. Uh, Cause that's the golf course we were on. And we, it was just one, one hole, but it was like beautiful right on the water. And, uh, and I hit this one shot with this woman seven and the, you know, the, the number may be going up, you know, as time goes on. But uh, my, my friend said it was the farthest he's ever seen someone hit a seven iron. I think it was, might have been like 250 yards. Like it was, it was, it was, a, it was a bomb. It was an absolute bomb. At that point, I just like, I, I just thought that was fun. I thought that was cool, like uh, playing that. So yesterday I went out, um, I was with uh, my former teammate, a um somebody I went to the University of Michigan with and uh, Jared Goff was with us too. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Uh, it was a nice competitive match. They, they helped us. They helped me some points along the way with my swing and stuff, but uh, they, they, they gave us a handicap, but we did come out with the victory. So no go. big deal my team and I. Dub right there. And I mean, let's you, go. You get bombs. There's something. So I come from like a, a, my dad, not so much golf, but my uncle played at Stanford way, way, way back in the day. And so, but I remember, and it's funny you say that. So the first shot that I ever got to hit was actually with a seven wood. He let me hit when I was in, it was summer between eighth grade and my freshman year of high school is when I learned how to play golf. And that's what I ended up playing in college was golf. And I just remember the first You played in college? I didn't know that. We got to get out there. Yeah, we'll get out there. I can, we, I can slap the ball around a little bit. But okay. so when you hit like your seven iron, you hit that and that feeling when you hit it pure and you hit a bomb, you're just like, oh man. And that's, I, yeah. when he took me to the range the first time I hit one shot like that and I hit it pure and he goes, that's it. We're going home. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like that was the best. I just want to keep hitting balls. He's like, exactly. We're going home. And so the next day, as soon as I woke up, I was like, can we go back to the range, please? You know, uncle Zago. And he was like, all right, let's go. And then I uncle was Zago, that's awesome. Yeah, that's guy, cool. A legend, a legend. Well, you're going to be, I think, obviously become a legend fast with our, with our fans. And it's great to get to, to talk so. to you. And, all right, I'm taking the, the, the Chase Winovich cold shower challenge. I think Gibbe. Okay, do it too. okay, do it. Cold shower challenge is, is literally so free. It's right there. Just like right there. before you turn it off, just like pause. And like, just, like, just wait. Like I'm telling minute. you, like there will be a part of your brain that okay. speaks to you and just like, to, I don't want to say like the a word to describe uh, that, that type of voice that comes out, but it's not, it's not tough. It's not like a Spartan that, that, that comes sure. to speak. It's like, get out of the shower. It's freezing. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's more along those lines. Your thoughts, you're in your, you're getting into your inner self. Exactly. Which is, we, that's the only way we experience the world anyways. Like you that's can't right. experience it from somewhere else. We're, we're stuck inside these bodies. So that's right. Well, then I listen and you're, you're making the most of yours, which is a wonderful thing. So Keep doing, doing what I can, buddy. <laughs> that's right. That's what we're all doing, right? We're all doing what we can. Well, dude, exactly. always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for taking time to uh, stop by and chat with us. Yep, you got it, buddy. Anytime. See you later. I absolutely love this kid. I, I think that he's just he's wired exactly how you want a guy to be wired to go get after the quarterback. Nice young man and a guy who I think plays like a beast on the field. As I mentioned, the 11 sacks in his first two seasons in the league, and I think the Browns see him as a guy to kind of play in those cheetah packages, play some defensive end like Tack McKinley did a year ago, and just get after people. But a guy, again, 
fan favorite. I mean, the thought of getting Chase Winovich and Perrion Winfrey in a room together, oh, baby, look out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the Browns. Not a lot of fun for Joe Burrow, for whoever the Steelers trot out there, or for Lamar Jackson and any other quarterback on the Browns' schedule this year. Let's go. Now you talk about coverage and pass rush working together. That's what we're doing here. It starts up front with the guys getting after the quarterback. That's why you bring you Chase Winovich first. Then it's the guys on the back end locking down the lockdown by the lake. And oh, what an impressive rookie season he had out of Northwestern. Greg Newsom coming up next here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Browns fan Sugardale sponsoring grand opening events at two new Meyer stores. Visit the Canton store today and the Brunswick store on Friday, May the 13th, for samples and giveaways and special appearances by Browns alumni and chomps. For store locations and more details, visit Sugardale.com slash events i like the way that i said details right there details sometimes you want to put like some a very proper pronunciation on a word and i think it's a lot of fun gibbe i can't disagree with you man yeah it's good the emphasis good there was a guy i went to college with named will gerard in my fraternity and and he was a descendant of english royalty and and he used to say that his dad would sit around on his couch smoking a pipe and talk about the lovely advertisements that would come on television, and he would only call them advertisements, not advertisements, obviously, because, well, he was descended from English Because royalty. he can. Because he can. That's exactly right. And a guy who can pronounce words however he wants because he locks down opposing wide receivers. He can play outside. He can play inside in the slot and following the trade of Troy Hill. That's something he might do more of this season. I'm talking about Greg Newsom, a guy who was coming out of Northwestern, played tremendous football for the Cleveland Browns, a guy who has embraced this city. You can see him courtside all the time at the Cavs games. He is just a fine human being, a lover of Crocs, and a defender of First Energy Stadium. Here's an exclusive one-on-one with Greg Newsom as he gets ready for year number two. Very happy to be joined by last year's first-round pick, the cover poster child, I guess, of our draft coverage guide here, the one and only Greg Newsom. Greg, you might be the last first-round pick, by the way, for this organization <laughs> for quite some time, but how you doing, man? It's good to see you. Yeah, hey, you as well. Um, I'm doing good. Just got back to Cleveland, so ready to go. And you are Mr. Cleveland. And what's cool about last year, you got drafted. The NBA had that delayed start. You got to go and get in the mix at the Cavs, something that I know that you've been very involved in. You were there courtside for all the games, trying to get everybody fired up. You've really embraced this city. Why? Why has that kind of worked for you? Yeah, um, I mean, from the jump of me getting drafted and, you know, Andrew Barry calling me and telling me, like, I was their pick the whole time, it just kind of, you know, fit the mold and just this organization, a, a gritty organization who blue collar work hard, like that's me. And I know Cleveland is the same type of city, a blue collar, you know, work hard city. So I think it was just the perfect match. And it's been great. And let's go back to that draft day. Get your name called in the first round draft. Very special thing. Going into it, what was kind of your thought process? Who did you think was into you? Did he, Was it Cleveland? Did you know Cleveland wanted you? Did they make that clear prior to that phone call? What was kind of your mindset going into draft day? Yeah, I mean, so first going into draft day, like, no, first Cleveland, I had no idea. Like, I did not know I was going to Cleveland. Like, we talked like a, one or two times, um, but that was it. Um, but Andrew Berry told me afterwards, he was like, we didn't want to, you know, put all our cards out there. So we, 
you know, we're trying to be more low-key, but I did not talk to them. Um, actually, I thought I was going a lot earlier. Could possibly be, you know, 16 to Arizona. Then after Arizona went back, I was like, Tennessee it is. Then they took Farley. So after that, I was just like, well, it's either going to be New Orleans, Green Bay, or Buffalo, one of those teams who also needed a corner. Then I got the Cleveland call. I was like, somebody got to be prank calling because I didn't talk to him that much. Um, but, you know, I was super excited, especially getting to work with a guy like Denzel Ward. Um, so I was like, I was definitely excited to come to Cleveland. And, I mean, we've been very excited to have you here, your ability to play outside, inside. They said, I remember uh, Paul DePodesta said after we drafted you that you were scheme agnostic, meaning you can play in absolutely any scheme, play anywhere on the field, didn't matter, and you were going to deliver, and you did that. What was it like going through a rookie season in the NFL? So much longer than what you used to in college. And for you, especially going through COVID, it was short and all of that. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was fun, but it definitely was, like, really long. Um, you know, I learned a lot, though, going through my rookie season, um, you know, more so, like, spending your money and time towards prioritizing your body and things like that because it is a very, very long season. But, you know, I enjoyed it all. Um, you know, I'll do it again if I can, but uh, I was ready to get to year two and, you know, get back on that field. You mentioned getting to come into a cornerback room with Denzel Ward, and you just saw Denzel, now the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history, the $100 million man. Have you guys, you know, hey, are you going to take the room out here? Are we going to have a go? I know your birthday's coming up, you know, maybe a little dinner or something for you. Yeah, so um, as soon as I seen it, I literally gave him a call. He was probably celebrating, so he didn't answer, but he calls me back like 10 minutes later just smiling on the phone. Uh, nah, but I'm just super excited for him. You know, that's been a guy that I've been looking towards since I've been in college, and you know, I don't think he gets enough respect around the league. I know, obviously, guys around the league knows him, but I think he's, like, one of the best, if not the best, you know, in the entire, you know, National Football League. And I think now that we got Deshaun and we're going to have more primetime games, I think, you know, people will be able to see that a lot more. But, no, he is taking me to some type of dinner or something. He, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to set the reservations for sure. And he's such a nice guy. He's such a nice young man, obviously, you know, the Make Them Know Your Name Foundation and everything that he has been through to get to this point. You know, born in, here in Cleveland, plays at Ohio State. Now he's with the Browns, locked up through 2027. It's kind of like a Hollywood story, overcoming some significant adversity with the loss of his father, and yet he's just this nice, humble, tough young man. Yeah, I think that's, like, the biggest thing is, like, when, when you have a guy who doesn't talk too much, like, he kind of sits, like, around the scene. I, I feel like if he was a more vocal Everybody, he'd probably be, everybody think he's the best in the league for sure. Um, but, you know, he definitely went through a lot. The fairy tale of go, being from Cleveland, going to going to Ohio State, then getting drafted by the Browns, like that doesn't happen to anybody. Um, and to get extended by your hometown is, is unbelievable. I can only imagine that's like me getting drafted by the Bears and staying and so that's unbelievable. I'm super excited for it. Well, we're going to keep you here. We don't need to do the right. game. It would have been a nice story, but I like the story of you playing here with Denzel for a long, long time here in the Browns. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. There was a picture that was taken at the stadium after he had first come in. You, uh, Deshaun, Jeremiah Wusukorma. What was kind of that night like, and what are your first impressions of uh, your new quarterback? Yeah, so, um, you know, Coach texted me and see if he wanted to go to dinner. I was like, of course. Um, but just meeting him, you know, just talking to him about how we did things last year, some things he's going to incorporate, um, just to build the team camaraderie. Um, but he was a cool dude. Like, I mean, he was a real chill guy, um, you know. So I, I like him right now. Obviously, I don't know him too well, but, you know, we started off on a, on a good note. 
What's it been like getting everybody back in the building? And now, you know, you are officially on to the 2022 season and focus on that clean slate. Everybody in the league's at the same spot. Get in here. And I know you're just doing, you know, some conditioning work and stuff like that. But what's it been like to get everybody back together? It just feels great, like, to be back with your entire room, especially with us. Like, we didn't lose too many people either. So we're kind of like a, the same room. So it's just it's just good to be around the guys. You know, everybody's been away doing their own things for a little. So it, it feels good to come back together and, you know, grind with each other for a little bit. I mean, if you think about the, the five cornerbacks who played the most snaps last year would be Denzel, Greedy, you, Troy Hill, and A.J. Green. You're all back. Right, yeah. And so for Jeff Howard and Brandon Lynch, I'm sure that's very nice. And even in the safety room with Ronnie coming back, you got John and Grant and Ronnie and Rich. It's a lot of continuity in that back end. How helpful is that to play the defense that you guys play where you do play a lot of cover three, play a lot of cover four, you mix and match those coverages? Yeah, I think it's it's all about trust, especially in the secondary, knowing, you know, what help you're going to get, knowing that your safety is going to be there to, you know, help you out on some things. So I think this year is going to be a lot easier for us. You know, we us four have never played with each other. Us six, seven guys have never played with each other in that type of, yeah. you know, combination. So, And I think, you know, we finished great at the end of the season. But I think going into this next season, just being boys and just knowing each other, like, pers on a personal level – you want to do things, you know, right for the people that you love and care about. So I think going into this next season, we're definitely going to make a mark in this league. All right, so this is a question I've got for you. So I'm trying to, you know, I always want to improve my football knowledge. So when I talk to you guys, I can talk more intelligent. When I watch the games, I can be more intelligent. Right. I spent some time with, with Jeff Howard just trying to try to understand what we're trying to do coverage-wise and all that in the NFL. The amount of checks that there are based on if there's pre-snap motion, all of this and how your rules and principles change, whether it's Again, their alignment, if it's trips to one side, if the guy comes in and it's a stack. Is it like <laughs> that in college too? Is it is it a little more s simplistic or is it – or maybe in Northwestern because you guys play very pro style, it prepared you for that. But I feel like that is a lot. So you need guys that not only can physically play the game, like that's a prerequisite to be in the NFL, but I think to play a lot of these defenses and to not have those mistakes because rules change based on alignments and shifts and where you are in the, all of these things – like you've got to – that's a lot to mentally process. So I imagine the reason over the second half of the season it got better was you're all kind of thinking a little bit maybe early, and once you can stop thinking, then you can play. Exactly. But um, it's a lot. There's a crazy. lot you guys have yeah, to think nah. about. I don't think people realize <laughs> how much goes into playing corner, especially like in man-to-man. -man, obviously, it's man-to-man. -man. Yeah. But in some of these, you know, cover threes, the cover fours, when you get in a blended, a cover six, like – there's a lot of stuff that you – the checks you have to make based on what they do. And then as soon as they move, that could change everything that you were thinking a second ago. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's, it's crazy. A, a lot of people don't know. Like, a lot of people will see maybe somebody catching the ball, but it might not even be your fault. Like, it's so much that, that has to go through your head to process, you know, every single play. But, you know, Northwestern definitely 100% preparing me. Um, you know, Coach Mike Hankowitz – he is an NFL type of coach. We had checks to every single little thing that you possibly could think of. Like, if he was this far off the line versus this far, we're going to do something different. Like, he had everything so perfect that when I got here, honestly, that's why I think I was able to transition and play inside and outside and mentally be prepared for the NFL because of a school like that. I know I, I know a couple of my other friends at other schools, maybe they just play cover three and man. Like, that's it. We at Northwestern played everything. So that's why I think – I was definitely going to be the most NFL-ready, you know, corner coming out because we I've done it all in, in college already. So, um, no, nah, it's definitely a lot of stuff that you got to get ready for, though. Did that give you some comfort? Because I remember even talking to you when I talked to, to Jeff Howard and be like, man, this guy's like mentally 
as smart as any rookie that I've ever been around in terms of understanding all of those things. And you just pointed out why at Northwestern or some of the other guys like, how do you already know this stuff? Like would, and did that give you some confidence being like, all right, I, I can do this and I've done it. I've done this before. Right. Yeah. No, just seeing some like, obviously making some mistakes and other guys making mistakes and seeing that I'm a rookie um, and just picking up things like I'm not making the same mistake twice. Like that was the biggest thing for me. Obviously I didn't get everything right away and you're going to make mistakes, but as long as you don't make the same mistake twice, um, and that just shows, you know, that you are mentally mature enough to get the stuff. Um, and even, like, going through pre-draft processing, coaches giving me a bunch of plays, like, I wasn't missing none, really. And I was learning it in 10 minutes. So, like, I knew that when I got to the NFL, I'd be ready to go. What's the biggest difference in you than a year ago? A year ago, you're waiting to get drafted. Now, a year in the league already. You had a great rookie season here. What's the biggest difference? Man, the biggest difference, uh, I guess it's just not any more nerve. Like, like, now I'm already here. Um, I didn't been through a season already. I know how it goes a little bit. Um, so the biggest thing, like, difference for me is just confidence at this point. Um, after I got drafted, I was the most confident player, I feel like, in college football. But, you know, going into the league, you kind of got to figure out yourself again, know that you do belong. So I think going into this next season, now knowing that I do belong, for sure, I'll definitely take a, you know, a big leap in year two. Is it pretty wild to think that in your going into your second year and you've worked against in practice Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and now you're going to add Amari Cooper to that list? Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, they're they're the reason that you know us corners are getting the work that we need because you know I feel like if we go against anybody else, like they don't have a better room than us. Period. Like going against O and Jarvis and DBJ. And short, like we got a, we have all types of receivers. So you know, yeah. when I go up against guys in the, you know, on the other teams, like I'm not really worried about them because we got those guys here. And now adding Amari to the mix, I mean, he's arguably the best route runner in the NFL. So he's definitely gonna um, be a challenge for us, and it's definitely gonna be a, a great battle. Well, we're happy you can be totally nerve-free. Just enjoy the weekend. You're already a Cleveland Brown. Excited to see you back and to see you get on the field and get ready for this big season, Greg. For sure. I appreciate it. The notion that the Cleveland Browns are going to have Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom together for a long, long time is one that gives me a lot of comfort. I don't know if there's a better cornerback tandem in the National Football League right now. Both ascending players, both guys who have versatility and where they can line up, both guys who are scheme agnostic, as Paul DePodesta would say. They can play ma'am. They can play off. They can play all the variety of zones. They know how to mirror. They know how to get into trail technique. They know how to just flat out lock you down. And for the Browns to have those two anchoring this cornerback room, oh boy. I don't know who's happier. Joe Woods, Jeff Howard, Brandon Litch, me, you listening, Gibbe, not sure. But the question, the, the fact remains, we're all pretty darn happy about it. Now, one of the reasons I'm happy today is because I made a good pull this morning. You're saying, what are you talking about? Well, you're about to find out. The Hoff Joe Thomas, he's coming up next to explain why the first thing you do in the morning could be the most important thing you do every single day. Day. That's next on this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. And now there's a lot of bad advice out there about gambling. From secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. These myths can lose you money. They can get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. Speaking about gambling, the Hoff Joe Thomas put out a tweet about underwear roulette. 
He says, that's going to tell you how your day is going to go. You reach into the bag. Do you pull out a perfect one? These are his words, not mine, folks. Do you pull out an old grungy one? Do you pull out a holy one? Do you pull out a stained one? When you get a perfect pair, you're going to have a great day. You know it right away. When you get one of the others, you're going to have a bad day. But at least you know it's going to suck right away so you can plan and prepare for that. Now, these tweets blew my mind. They blew the mind of Bo Bishop. They blew the mind of Gibbe. And that's saying a lot. So what we had to do was immediately reach out to the Hoff for comment. And the Hoff, because he is who he is, was right here. He called right into Cleveland Browns Daily. He joined us at about 2.15 this past Monday. Nobody knew this segment was coming. Nobody knew that these thoughts would come from the philosophical Hoff. And yet they did. And, and so did this phone call. And so did this interview. You're welcome. I already know what you're doing. So I don't even... Before I before you even raise your hand, this is a reaction to the Hoff, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing. I just felt that we had to share this because it's unbelievable. How did you know that's what I was doing? Because I knew, I knew that, I knew that you would have Twitter up. Yeah, I had the same reaction you had. You saw my face when I read it, and when I saw your face and your hand raised, <laughs> there was only one thing that it could be in response to, and it was what the Hoff just put on social. <laughs> he put on social, so I feel like. I mean, so make your bed tweets. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. That's what make your bed said. To which Joe Thomas writes, the Hoff, the Hoff verified. I disagree. Double exclamation point. Make your bed. Double exclamation point. Screw that. This is where it gets interesting. I like to start my day with a game of chance. It's the underwear lottery. I reach into the grab bag and pull out a pair of briefs. Remind me to come back to that. Yeah, that's a huge word. That's going to get lost in what comes next. First thing in the AM, some are holy, some are tight, some are stained, some are perfect. If it's a nice pair, I've already started my day with a jackpot feeling. If it's a crappy pair, that will ruin my day. But at least I find out that my day will suck right off the bat. Okay. We need to get him on here in the next 10 minutes. Yes. To discuss the brief part of this, the fact that he has stained and ruined underwear. It's still in the circulation. Why are they in the circulation. A, sir, you are a millionaire. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and what are we doing? Like maybe, maybe boxer gotta briefs. Got to be boxer briefs. There's be. no way he's walking around in briefs at this day and age. There's a better technology. Yeah, boxer briefs. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say I have 20 pair that are all been purchased within the last year and a half. 15 to 20 oh, yeah. that are in. You got to, yeah. As soon cycle as through. Any cycle through. And it needs to be, for me, it's always a sporty brand's boxer reef. That's what I like. So I like it to have that, like, yeah. material. Yeah. And we go through. And Tommy John's also very good. I have quite a few Tommy John's. So I'm a Sunspell and a, sun and, a, and a Tommy John. Tommy guy. John's great. Yeah, Sunspell are my guys. But that's. I mean, <laughs> this is. I almost fell. <laughs> such an attention getter. It's a, I almost fell out of my chair. I think we need him. He, he responded. I tweeted him. I said, your tweets have won the day. And he loved that. Yeah. Stand by. Stand by? Yeah. Is he coming on? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Just <laughs> stall for me for a second. <laughs> I don't even need to. I love that I just, I love that I just raised my hand and was We're laughing. We're going to bill for this and it's going to be great. Almost crying. <laughs> And that you, you were like, I know exactly. I know what exactly what. I, as soon as I saw your face, there's only one thing that would elicit that response. There's so many questions I have. 
there's so much to dissect here in just a two tweet. I mean, in just what a few hundred characters. By the way, the original tweet was tweeted 17 hours ago. What? The original made that he's responding tweet to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Responding yeah, yeah. to yeah. is 17 hours. He went back to back right at 2:30, and then hashtag deep thoughted it, which I thought was a tremendous way to like cap it off. I just love that. If he pulls a crappy pair, instead of saying, that's it. I don't it, know what that means, by the way. Let's not days. get into that. <laughs> well, it'd be very easy to just replace. So that's out. Right. And then All I'm going to get pair. a good one. Instead, he's saying, my days my day sucks. It's ruined. It's done. It's done. Hoff. Hoff. Clarity. Hoff. We need clarity. Hoff. What an unbelievable what an series unbelievable. of tweets. <laughs> oh, those were my deep thoughts from Vegas over the weekend. And I, I had to. I had to send them out to the people. They, they needed to hear this because this baloney malarkey that you're supposed to make your bed first thing in the morning and supposed to lead to a great day is just rubbish. I hate making my bed. It's the worst, most unproductive <laughs> thing on the face of the earth. It's the very first thing I have well, to do when I'm tired and all I want to do is go to bed. Is, I have to unmake my bed. I have to go backwards and go back to where I started the entire horrible day from. But off. <laughs> but off. In your tweet, I feel like I could solve your whole day by just always having a nice pair of drawers for you, bud. <laughs> like ah. you have means, Hoff. Bo, we could get you a, for me. A whole, <laughs> I just think a whole fleet once you pull underwear. A, a bad pair, it's out right <laughs> into the garbage. Oh, what, why didn't I think of that in the first place? Fifteen years of <laughs> they sponsored Under Armour athletes, and I don't have nice pairs of underwear, and I still pull out. Under Armour makes great boxer briefs. I've got yes, a ton of them. Uh, I don't know why I still have them, but I pull them out. I'm like, ah, crappy. Another stained <laughs> pair that doesn't fit, but I'm going to have to wear them the whole day. I love that you're compelled. Once you pull it, it's like you have no choice. No choice. It is like, no choice. It is, it is so it is so. Like, you must wear that pair. Well, it's, it's part of the roulette game, right? If you're able to go back to the grab bag and pick a new one out, like, you lose that jackpot feeling that you get when you pull out the perfect pair. Right? But you what have I'm... to have the misery in order to have the joy. The pure <laughs> the joy. joy. The CBD pure joy. you got to know what it's like to be down, baby, to appreciate That's what right. it's like to be up. That's, That's what right. it is. Okay. That's right. Right. <laughs> it just That's makes right. me sad as somebody who loves you and, and loves your, I think we have a common you know, zest for life sure. and zest for the oh, world yeah. to yep. know that by one unfortunate pull of, a, of an <laughs> underwear that quite frankly shouldn't be in your stable of, of draws anymore – that it can ruin your day, and that makes me sad Same. because I care about you, and I want you to have great days every day. Well, thank you. But at least I find out about it early, so I know the day is going to suck <laughs> from the moment I start brushing my teeth and I put on a new pair of underwear or new pair of old underwear that have holes and poop stains on them. Have you, have you ever been able to, able to overcome a bad pool and go on to have a surprisingly a great, great question. day? Nunca. Doesn't happen. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. Hoff, can we also say, just for clarity, that in the use, of, like when you say briefs, it's a boxer brief you're choosing, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big boxer brief guy. I don't. That's I don't what I wear the brief. I don't wear the boxers. Boxer brief all the way. Only yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was, I was worried. We were worried about the Hoff running amok in tidy whities and just felt like that wasn't no. a man of. He, that wasn't going to no. work. Him no. and Larry David are the LB. only people that I know <laughs> who are sticking with them. And the, I bet LB the also briefs. probably has un. 
this unusable is a... underwear still in his stable. He strikes me as a guy who's not throwing <laughs> underwear out. No, you can't throw underwear out. But, yeah, you also can't wear briefs. <laughs> With these thunder thighs, there'd be so much chafing. You'd be bleeding by the end of the day. The idea that Hoff and and, uh, and Larry David have this much in common pleases me. Because I can see LD. This is an episode of this Curb. This is Curb right now. This, this is, is Curb. Absolutely. Yeah, you just did Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think you just had a great time in Vegas. That's what it, that's what it yeah, sounds like it to me. That we, we are not quite the same as we were before this trip. <laughs> we're changed. Uh, I'm, I'm having withdrawals a little bit in, in many facets after coming home from Vegas and going – Right to the Brewers game, right to tailgating at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. Oh, oh yeah, he took it to a Brewers game yesterday. Oh, it's been a t- tough weekend <laughs> for my internal organs. <laughs> Got a detox. Huh? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, fantastic. Thank you for the update. We, oh, you got a quick? Go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Half of you spoken with your great personal friend, The Rock. Fifth, turns 50 today. How about that? Yeah. Oh, ah, good reminder. I, I got to call him here before the day's out uh, to – Send him the celebration and the happy birthday that I'm sure he's been waiting for all day. Uh, There's no doubt the way he looks at you, all the admiration. But the question is, and I don't believe, I can't believe we haven't asked this yet, is what did you pull today? You sound very jovial, so I have to imagine it had to be a good pair. It's the Rock's birthday. I imagine you got to have a good pair on. It was a great pair. That's why I'm having a great day. So I'm just talking to you guys. I I knew it would be a great day from the moment I pulled out the perfect pair of tidy ready. And this is why. It's because I get an opportunity, unprompted, unscheduled, to be on CBD. Right. And, and remind me that I did get to meet The Rock. And I'm looking at the picture on my wall right now. And he wrote on there, uh, this is in his writing. I didn't tell him to write this. You're an inspiration. And maybe it's because of my lust for life and my understanding of first thing in the morning, how great it is to pull a nice pair of underwear out of the grab bag. Boxer brief roulette. Changing the world one day. That's right. <laughs> I hope your glorious day continues, Hoff. <laughs> How could it not? It's already it's written. Already, it's I like it's, it's written done. in the book. It's That's done. True. Of course it's continuing. It's already in stone. Yeah. Yeah. Good Do you ever use bit. that with, with, with the missus? Like, I pulled a bad pair today. Like, leave me alone. Cut me some slack here. Is she aware? Oh, I should. She tries to throw my underwear away, which really kind of pisses me off. So, <laughs> she, you know, she complains about them getting a little too stained and, you know, just a little bit ratty. But I just don't like throwing stuff away. I, I'm not really a hoarder, but when it comes to clothes, I just have a hard time getting rid of it, even underwear. Yes, I played a special. I'm sure at some point it was part of a great day. Like oh, at one point it was one a great pull. It was a good pull. Yeah. Hey. And then it's a great point. He was a lot of memories. Good soldiers for you. Think about it. All like the great days that you can think back that you had with those pair. You just you don't want to get rid of them. And what are you going to do? Put them in a frame. Put them on your wall. Like you just want to keep wearing them and reminding yourselves of the greatness that you had together. (laughs) What a tag team you were. Emotion to inanimate objects is amazing. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Oh Uh, God! Thanks for jumping on, buddy. uh, And thank you for providing us some joy. (laughs) We love you. What a day. What a time to be alive. That was remarkable. That entire thing was remarkable. And this is the only show in the world where, that where that's happening. That's you can it. bet your butt. That ain't... <laughs> yes, the hop will. He will. Well, in the words of the immortal George Costanza, you got to go out on a high note. So with that, we tell you the next level is next. No, so much more to come. Oh, Gibbe, I knew that. I just wanted to say it because it's so fun to say it. There is so much more to come. On this special edition, I mean, because what an unbelievable performance by the Hoff. I mean, it's pure joy. Pure joy. I hope you're having pure joy Friday. But as I said, so much more to come here on this special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, folks, wrapping it up here on this very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Hope you all have a great, great weekend. And I hope, as you heard the Hoff there, you choose wisely each and every morning so you have a good day. And if you don't, hey, at least you know it's going to be a bad day and you get that news right to start which maybe gives you an opportunity to turn it around. I still think you can turn it around. I believe in each and every one of you. I don't think a bad pool would leave you betwixt a rock and a hard place. I think you can overcome that and still have a great day. And for all of the wonderful mothers out there on Sunday, happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. You mothers are the true heroes of this planet. That is an absolute fact. For Gibby, I'm Nathan Zagura. For all of our great guests, we thank you for listening to a very, very special edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. The next level is next here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.